0: You are listening to Nitty Gritty Nursing with Nurse M, where she breaks down the nitty gritty basics of nursing concepts. Hello, and welcome to the Nitty Gritty Nursing Podcast with me, Nurse M. Today, I'm going to talk about antidiuretic hormone and basically what happens if we make too much of it or if we're not making enough of it. But I think that first, in order for us to properly discuss this, we kind of have to know the backstory of the antidiuretic hormone. It works directly in conjunction with the kidneys. And it's actually one of two hormones that, um, are, that come from the posterior lobe of the pituitary gland, and it works in conjunction with the hypothalamus. Now, just as a refresher, the hypothalamus is a structure that's deep in the brain that acts as the body's smart control coordinating center, and its main function is really just to keep your body in a stable state of homeostasis, and it does it by directly influencing your autonomic nervous system or by managing the hormones, which is where antidiuretic hormone, one of many, comes into play. Now, the antidiuretic hormone helps regulate the amount of water in your body and it works to control the amount of water your kidneys reabsorb as they filter out waste from your blood. It's also called vasopressin, so you might see it written as both ways. But in any case, we're going to discuss it. I'm going to try to break down just the nitty gritty basics of SIADH, or Syndrome of Inappropriate Antidiuretic Hormone Secretion, and then also diabetes insipidus, which I think is a really stupid name. And when I talk about it, you'll understand why. So let's first talk about syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone, which is just a condition of hyperfunctioning of the posterior pituitary gland where too much ADH is released, but it's not in response to the body's need for it. So it's just letting go of a bunch of ADH even though the body doesn't need the additional ADH in its production. And the reason why this pituitary gland will do this is often because of some sort of trauma or maybe your patient had a stroke in this area and the pituitary has been affected. Um, Some cancers can cause it and then there's also medications that can elicit the pituitary gland to over secrete some of these hormones like antidiuretic hormone and because of this basically when we get too much antidiuretic hormone in our system it results in increased intravascular volume okay because it is telling the kidneys to reabsorb all the water and because it's telling the kidneys to reabsorb all the water we end up with water intoxication And because we're retaining onto more water and we're still getting rid of some of the solutes, we get this thing called dilutional hyponatremia, meaning we get soaked inside. This is the way to remember SI is soaked inside. We retain on all the fluid. And because of that, the existing electrolytes that we have available become more dilute in nature. Now, because of this water intoxication and the dilutional hyponatremia where the sodium levels drop too much, these patients are at big risk for cerebral edema, and they're at risk for the development of seizures, again, because of that low sodium and the excess water that they're holding on to. So what do these patients who have SIADH even look like? And here's where your P of the pie comes in. How are they going to present? Well, now that you understand that this is just way too much ADH in their system, which is holding on to all the fluid, making them soaked inside full of fluid you're going to want to look, they're going to be fluid overloaded. So they might have wet crackles in their lungs. They might be, have edema in their lower legs that you would be able to push and see like pitting edema. They're likely to have changes in their level of consciousness, not because necessarily of the fluid, but because of the low sodium. They're going to have weight gain. They're going to be hypertensive because their heart is trying to be in excess of fluid that has been retained in their body. And because it's trying to do that, they're likely also to be tachycardic because the heart has to work harder to pump additional fluid that it's not used to. They're likely to have nausea and vomiting. They're going to be hyponatremic because they're holding on to too much water. So what sodium they did have is now super diluted. And because there's way too much antidiuretic hormone circulating, holding on to fluid, what do you think the urine output is going to look like? It's going to be low. They're going to have very little urine output because the antidiuretic hormone in its own right is doing what it's supposed to, but the posterior pituitary is damaged and is just over-releasing it. So what do we do and how do we intervene? And here's your eye of the pie. We need to monitor (laughs) these people for their cardiac and their neurostatus. We need to do daily weights on them because we know that one liter of fluid weighs about 2.2 pounds. So it's fairly easy for us as clinicians if we're taking daily weights at the exact same amount time of day, to see how much weight someone is gaining, especially if it's water weight. Monitor their vital signs. We know they're hypertensive and tachycardic. Keep an eye on that. And then because we know that they're retaining too much fluid, we need to monitor for signs and symptoms of increased intracranial pressure. Cerebral edema is one of these risk factors. And seizures, because the sodium level tends to lead people down the route of seizures. And if you think about what a normal sodium level is, for those of you who don't have it memorized, it's 135 to 145. And an easy way to remember this is sodium has the word odd. It's just OD. Imagine there's a secondary D in it. So an odd level, take the first three odd numbers of the numerical system. One, three, five. That's your starting point. And then we're going to want to implement seizure precautions. What does that look like? It might be pads on the bed. It might be suction equipment, things to manage an airway if they start to suddenly have a seizure, monitor their intake and output, and then really watch their fluid and electrolyte imbalances. Because these patients are already soaked inside and they've got way too much ADH being produced, they are almost always on a restricted fluid diet which means they're often limited and capped at 500 to 1.5 liters a day, 500 milliliters. Let me rephrase. They are often capped at 500 milliliters and sometimes up to 1.5 liters a day. That's not a whole lot of fluid to be drinking. And if in the case that your patient also happens to um, need some sort of hypertonic IV fluid solution to help replace sodium levels, you use that with extreme caution. In my career as a nurse, I have not seen hypertonic fluid used for someone with SIADH. I've only seen it used once and that person had massive cerebral edema. But if this is a risk factor of SIADH, it makes sense as to why that might be something you could potentially see. And realistically, like the treatment for SIADH is to find the cause and then treat it. And finally, how do you evaluate whether or not what you've done has worked? Well, you're going to see an improvement in sodium levels. You'll see a reduction in weight gain that they've had they won't seize they're not going to have a cerebral edema that develops you'll see their heart rate come down and you'll see their blood pressure become normalized and then those signs of fluid overload that you that you were witnessing will reduce over time and they'll start to have a normal urine output if the cause of the over secretion of antidiuretic hormone is addressed and this leads us into the exact opposite of SIADH where SIADH is way too much antidiuretic hormone circulating to the inverse, which is called diabetes insipidus. And the reason why I think this is a stupid name is because it has nothing to do with diabetes at all. No. Diabetes insipidus, or DI, how you will frequently see it abbreviated, and DI, think dry inside. So if your SIADH was someone who was soaked inside full of fluid... The inverse happens with diabetes insipidus, and they become dry inside. Nothing to do with diabetes, but diabetes insipidus is a condition of hypofunctioning of the posterior pituitary gland. So it's not making enough ADH. And again, reflect back to what ADH actually does. It helps the kidneys regulate the amount of fluid that we retain. So if we're not making any ADH, or we're not making enough, these patients are going to be peeing their eyeballs out, full of fluid, to the point where they get super dry inside. And the reason why this condition even has the word diabetes in its name is because both diabetes insipidus, which is not enough ADH, and diabetes mellitus, which is a complete sugar problem, two very distinct conditions with different causes and treatments. The only reason that diabetes insipidus has the word diabetes in it is because both conditions cause an increase in thirst, and frequent urination. That's the only reason why diabetes is inside this name, but it is very confusing. So I will get off my high horse. Let's talk about diabetes insipidus. Some of the causes that might precipitate the posterior pituitary gland to not produce enough ADH are again going to be very similar to your SIADH causes. Traumas strokes, some sort of malignancy or tumor, there's some medications for both conditions that, you know, especially in the world of like mood stabilizers or eleptics that can cause this, that basically alter how the pituitary gland functions. And when we don't make enough ADH, we basically get an imbalance of fluids in the body that leads to the production of large amounts of urine, large amounts of urine. And because these patients have peed so much of their overall volume, they are very thirsty individuals. And the body cannot retain enough adequate fluid because we're not making antidiuretic hormone to tell the kidneys to reabsorb the fluid. So the kidneys are just getting rid of all of our water and we're not retaining any of it. So the brain tries to compensate and tells us that we need to drink a lot. So patients who have diabetes insipidus, they are peeing a lot, like liters a day. And they're very, very, very thirsty. So what do these patients look like who have DI or diabetes insipidus, who are super dry on the inside, okay? Yes, we've already talked about that. They have extreme thirst and they've got polyuria um, and they're just peeing tons of fluid. And we're talking like four liters a day up to 24 liters of fluid a day, an insane amount of fluid. Well, when they've lost all of this fluid, what does this patient look like? Here's your P of the pie. They are dehydrated. They don't have enough intracellular vascular volume. And so because of that, they're also going to be extremely tachycardic. They're going to be extremely dizzy. They're going to be lightheaded. Think about your classic dehydrated person. The inverse to this is they're going to be hypernatremic. So they're going to have too much sodium built up. Again, normal sodium levels, 135 to 145. So we're going to be above that 145 threshold. And as a result, they're extremely normal. Nauseous, Extremely nauseous. So because they're so dehydrated, they're going to have decreased skin turgor. They're going to have really dry mucous membranes and they don't have the ability to concentrate the urine. So they're going to be getting rid of more of their, um, more fluid than they are of the solutes, which is why we get that a little bit of that hypernatremia going on. They'll have muscle pain and weakness because the muscles don't have the fluid to adequately contract. They're likely to have a headache. They will have that postural hypotension, and that can actually lead to, to uh, different degrees of vascular collapse if they're not adequately rehydrated. So what, as you, as a nurse, what are you going to do for someone that you're taking care of who's got the diabetes insipidus? Well, the obvious stands monitor their vital signs and their neurological status because there's so many things at play here. But then we're also going to, again, weigh them daily, monitor their intake and output, watch for those continued signs of hypovolemia. And then we need to replace their fluid and fix their electrolyte imbalances because they don't have enough fluid on board. So we need to give them adequate fluids, IV, hypotonic saline may be prescribed to replace the urinary losses but often normal saline is what we give them to rehydrate them and then we monitor those sodium levels very closely okay and what we really need to do is also then replace the vasopressin or the ADH because they're not making enough of it. And we can, we can actually do this. It's called vasopressin or desmopressin acetate, and that can be prescribed and then given when the ADH deficiency is severe or even chronic in nature. The treatment for diabetes insipidus is again just to find the cause and treat it. So, if they've got a little pituitary tumor growing that's causing this, you know, they would need to have that tumor removed. So, it's really identifying what the cause is and then treating it. And in the meantime, ensuring that these patients are getting adequate rehydration because they are losing so much of their urine output and then replacing the vasopressin as needed. And this can be done, um, we have it available by subcutaneous injection. It can be given intravenously or even orally. And so you really want to watch for those signs of water intoxication that indicate over-treatment. So someone with diabetes insipidus, if we give them too much vasopressin, they can then display those signs of water intoxication, like someone who's got SIADH has. So we don't want to do that. It's a fine balance that we want to sort of maintain and then how do we evaluate whether or not this has worked and what are we going to do to edu- educate these patients they're not doing this intentionally so in terms of education when they're in the hospital they we need to really t- encourage them to like tell us if they're dizzy and light-headed so that we can adequately monitor whether or not our rehydration approach is working and then evaluating whether or not this has worked if we're giving them the vasopressin they will reduce the amount of urine output that they're doing their sodium levels will come down to a normal level they won't be tachycardic. They won't get dizzy and lightheaded or have that postural hypotension because we will have remedied this. So that's basically everything I've got for SIADH and diabetes insipidus. Go forth and keep on learning.